All right. It is awesome to be together. It's awesome to worship Jesus. And I just want to welcome all of you who are here today. Those of you who are watching online, it is just so wonderful to be here as we wrap up our series on gratitude. And uh, couldn't really come at a better time, could it? We're just days away from celebrating Thanksgiving. So break out the stretchy pants. Y'all ready? Thanksgiving, just a few days away. I love Thanksgiving. It is one of my favorite holidays. I love the food. love being around the table with friends or family. And um, I love that this is a holiday that is really about something bigger than us. It's about giving thanks. Thanksgiving. It is the reason we celebrate this week is to give thanks. Um, and at some point, if your celebration's anything like mine, uh, you're probably going to go around and everybody's going to have an opportunity to give thanks for something. Do any of you do that? Kind of go around, everybody says something that they're thankful for. That happens at my celebration every year. And maybe you're thankful for family, you're thankful for your health, you're thankful for um, maybe it's just having food on the table or whatever it is. Maybe you're thankful for a, your family's gotten closer through the pandemic. Um, one, one four-year-old girl, they're going around the table saying things they were thankful for. And one four-year-old girl said that she was thankful that her little brother isn't a monster because if he was, he would eat her. So she was thankful for that. Uh, one boy said, I'm thankful for daddy, for snowmen, and quesadillas. <laughs> I'm not sure they were eating quesadillas or what, but he was thankful for quesadillas. I love that. <clears throat> well, we can already start thinking about all the things we're thankful for because in just a few days, I mean, we're going to have, it's going to be that moment. It's going to be that time when we reflect on our life and we think about all those things that we're so grateful for. We're going to begin to think about all the good things that are in our life, all those blessings, if I can put it this way. And, and maybe the, the bigger question this year is not just, what am I thankful for, but to whom am I thankful? And I think that's maybe the bigger question every year at Thanksgiving. It's not just, what am I thankful for, but to whom am I thankful uh, the word thank in English is a very interesting word. The word thank cannot stand alone. It is a transitive verb, which means that it needs an object. I don't just thank, I thank someone. To whom are we thankful for? Um, you can't be thankful in general any more than you can be married in general. You say, you're married, okay, married to whom? You're thankful, okay. We could ask the question, thankful to whom? And so as we're going around the table this year, just like every year, that's, that's the deeper question that, that I begin to ask in my heart is we are all thankful. And there are so many wonderful blessings. There are so many gifts that we get to enjoy and experience. But maybe the deeper question is, to whom are we giving thanks as we celebrate Thanksgiving? And to help us answer that question, I want to take a look at two stories of Thanksgiving today. And um, maybe because Thanksgiving is just a few days away, because of everything that's going on in our world today, I would like to share the Thanksgiving story with you. 
And I would also like then, after that, to let's go to the Bible. And did you know the Bible has a Thanksgiving story? And we're going to look at mankind's first story of Thanksgiving. The whole time we're just asking this question, this powerful question that we all need to ask, and that's thankful to whom? To whom am I giving thanks this year? So let's pray, and then uh, we'll, we'll take a look at some of these stories. Father, thank you for this morning, and um, we're just thankful for all the blessings we get to experience in life. And during this season, God, so many of those come up in our hearts, whether it's loved ones, whether it's um, friends, whether it's getting to do things that we love. Father, we're so grateful, and we're especially grateful to be here today, um, that we get to open up your word, and we get to hear from you. So, Father, speak to us today through your word, and stir our hearts to a life of gratitude. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, um, the first story that I want to tell you today is just the Thanksgiving story. I don't know when the last time you heard um, the story of Thanksgiving. It's the reason we celebrate. And the Thanksgiving story actually starts on a cold pier in England. As a group of pilgrims are getting onto a ship that was called the Mayflower. Now, who are these pilgrims? These are some people that can't worship God the way that they want to worship God. And they're actually willing to cross an ocean to have that freedom. And so here's a group of people, and they are passionate about God. They are serious, serious Christians. And they're going to actually go to another, they're going to cross an ocean so that they can have the freedom to worship God, so that they can share the good news of Jesus in the far reaches of the earth. And if you'll go back and you'll begin to read some of the journal entries as those pilgrims are praying and preparing for this voyage, you can actually hear some of their, their heart and their passion for God. And, and one uh, journal entry from that time, this is what they said. Just listen. Um, listen to this, this heart and this passion. These are the pilgrims who are coming to America. They said in this journal entry, they said, we have a great hope and inward zeal of laying some good foundation, or at least to make some way for the propagating and advancing the gospel of the kingdom of Christ in those remote parts of the world, yea, though they should be, but even as stepping stones unto others for the performing of so great a work. So here they are. They want to go. They want to cross this ocean. They're willing to risk their lives, to risk everything, so that they can make a difference for the gospel of Jesus Christ in the far reaches of the earth, even if, they said, they're just a stepping stone for some small work. And so knowing that they would no, not knowing even what they would face on the other side, not knowing even the danger of this journey, the pilgrims got onto the Mayflower and they crossed an ocean to live out this vision that God had put on their heart. And uh, you guys have to imagine this ship, the Mayflower. So here they get onto the Mayflower and just imagine this ship. The ship is about the length of a volleyball court. Can you guys picture a volleyball court in your mind? 
So here's the ship. It's about the length of a volleyball court. And there are 102 passengers on this ship. A third of them are children. One woman is pregnant. Could you imagine being pregnant on the Mayflower? I mean, we know this was a horrific, horrific journey. Those, those pilgrims faced terrible storms, great storms, where um, the, the boat would be bobbing up and down. It was a sailboat, even to where the sail would tip from one side to another. And here they are on this dangerous voyage. The Navy says that um, the waters in the northern Atlantic at that time were so cold, if you fell in, you would die in three minutes. And so here they are on this cold, dangerous voyage. Um, and, and it lasted 66 days. Could you imagine being on that boat, 102 people, 66 days, just being tossed around? People are throwing up. In fact, uh, the crew uh, of the Mayflower, none of them were Christians, none of them were believers, but they actually made a nickname for all the pilgrims. They called them uh, psalm singing puke stockings. How do you like that? <laughs> they called them song singing puke stockings because those those were the two things these pilgrims were always doing. They were always puking, and they were always singing psalms. Kind of reminds you of what we learned two weeks ago, right? Give thanks in all circumstances. Rejoice always, right? Constantly pray, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's who these pilgrims were, right? They're, they're throwing up and they're singing songs of praise to God. Well, they finally arrive after 66 days in December of 1620. So here we are today, 400 years later. Did you guys know that? This year we're selling the 400th anniversary of the Pilgrims landing in America. It's kind of strange. We haven't really been hearing much about that. Isn't that interesting? But this is the 400th anniversary. And after 66 days, they finally, finally arrive. Could you imagine? And it's December 21st, 1620. And they've landed in what will become Massachusetts. I don't know if you've ever been in Massachusetts in late December. It's pretty cold. It's frigid. The days are dark. And you just imagine them landing here at the end of December. And it's cold, there's no food, there's no homes to take shelter in. In fact, they would come to call this first winter the starving months. Um, because uh, at one point each day, um, each person only got five kernels of corn as their ration. Could you imagine living off five kernels of corn? Many of us celebrate that tradition even today. But during that, that winter, the, during these starving months, of the 102 passengers that made that journey, only 50 survived. Of the 18 married couples that made that journey, 15 of them had lost a spouse. They both died altogether. They're literally, literally hanging on for dear life, praying and trusting in the grace of God. As we know, God began to answer their prayers. Their native friends, uh, Squanto and Samoset, they, they taught them how to grow crops and how to harvest from the sea. And one spring they, they planted crops and 
in the fall of 1621, they had a harvest. And it was a great harvest. And the governor called for a day of thanksgiving. It was a day to give thanks to God. And they invited all their Indian friends, and about 90 of them showed up. Aren't you glad you don't have 90 people showing up for Thanksgiving? <laughs> but there were even more of their native friends than the pilgrims themselves. And, and it was not just a day to, to give thanks and to celebrate all that God had done, but it was a day to, in, to invite friends, and it was a day of living out that vision that they had so long ago of being stepping stones for other people coming to faith. It's kind of this tangible kingdom we, idea we talk about here, isn't it? And we see that even in the first Thanksgiving. Here's what Governor Bradford writes as he describes the very first Thanksgiving. Our harvest being gotten, our governor sent four men on fowling. So I don't know if they're hunting turkeys, but they're definitely going after some birds. They got the harvest, they're going fowling, so that we might, after a special manner, Rejoice together after we had gathered the fruit of our labors. They four in one day killed as much fowl as, with little help aside, served the company almost a week, at which time, amongst other recreations, we exercised our arms. So what's, it's not like exercising our arms like, hey, like, let's go pump some iron today, you know, like that's not what they were doing. The arms are talking about rifles. So they're having some shooting contests. They're, ha you know, like, there's some recreation, you know, they're, they're throwing the football around. It's, I mean, that's what they're doing there. They're having some recreations. We exercised our arms. They're having these contests. Many of the Indians coming amongst us. And among the rest, of, and among the rest their great king, Massasoit, with some 90 men, whom for three days we entertained and feasted. And they went out and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation and bestowed on our governor and upon the captain and others. And although it be not always so plentiful as it was at this time, yet by the goodness of God, ha, yet by the goodness of God, we are so far from want that we are partakers of plenty. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that an incredible story? See, what these pilgrims understood is that the journey they had been on, the goodness that they had experienced in life, was truly the blessing of the Lord. And to see it and to give thanks for it, that's what Thanksgiving is all about. And what I love about this story is that the pilgrims um, really have become what they always wanted to be. They wanted to be that stepping stone for God's work in our life. And as we're around the table this year, as we're saying all of those things that we're grateful for, family members, the, the, just our home, our life, all those blessings, those are the stepping stones that are leading us up to the grace and the mercy of God. And so at the table this year on Thanksgiving, don't we just want to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the blessings in my life. That's the heart of this day. But it's not just the Thanksgiving story that reminds us to be thankful to God. The Bible also has a story of Thanksgiving. 
Um, you may not have known that. There's not a chapter, First Thanksgiving, or anything like that. Um, but the Bible does have a Thanksgiving story, and I want to take you now to that story. It's, it's actually the story of Noah and the ark. See, the pilgrims weren't the first ones to step on dry land and have hearts full of gratitude and thanksgiving. And if you remember the story of Noah, Noah lives in a time when the world has just about forgotten about God. And as God looks at the world, his heart is breaking because of the depth of human wickedness on the earth. The Bible says God is so grieved, he's so heartbroken, that he is, he is saddened that he made mankind on the earth. What a statement that is. And so God is going to clean the earth by sending this great flood. And uh, we have one of the wonderful buts in the Bible in Genesis 6-8 where it says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace. Isn't that a statement right there? Was Noah perfect? No. But did he trust God? Absolutely. So Noah trusts God. He begins to build a boat. And then Noah and his entire family, they get onto this ark. And for the next year, 365 days, they're in this boat, packed wall to wall with animals. Can you imagine being in a confined space for a year with wall to wall animals? Some of you are saying, that sounds like my 2020 right there. Those of you who have kids, you're like, wow, it was. It's like, I was just in this space with wall to wall animals. But what does Noah do? He trusts God and God saves him from the waters of the flood. But what does Noah and his family, what do Noah and his family do the very moment they get onto dry land? Don't they give God a sacrifice of thanksgiving? It really is a beautiful moment for Noah and his family. Listen to Genesis 8, 18 through 20. So Noah came out, just coming out of the ark, right? They've been in this confined space for a year. Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his son's wives, all the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on land came out of the ark, one kind after another. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The very first thing Noah does as he comes out with his family is they have a sacrifice of thanksgiving. They have a moment where they say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. And you remember what God does? God puts a rainbow in the sky. What's the rainbow all about? Remember the rainbow? It's a sign of God's promise not to destroy the earth, but to rescue it. It's a plan that includes the sending of his very own son, Jesus. So every time you see that rainbow in the sky, it's just a reminder to say, thank you, God. Thank you for your grace. That's what the rainbow is. It's a reminder to say, thank you. Thank you for your grace, God, and all the grace we've received. So we're, we're coming to the table this year, Thanksgiving table. We're all going to get to share many things that we're thankful for, all the blessings in our life. 
But I'm just reminded today that the number one question isn't just what are you thankful for. The number one question is to whom are you giving thanks? And the pilgrims knew and no one knew. How about you? To whom do you want to say thank you this year? To whom? Thankful to whom? There's a, a guy named John Gordon, and um, he's a pretty well-known author and speaker, and he tells a story about a time in his life um, where he was, it was really a miserable time in his life. He was negative, he was always complaining about all the problems he had in his life, and um, he and his wife were, were constantly fighting, and one day his wife came up to him and said, you know, I love you. Um, but I just can't stay with somebody who makes me so miserable. And it was this wake-up moment for John. And, um, and he knew, and it was a time in his life where, um, you know, he's 29 years old, he's got these two kids, he doesn't have any faith to speak of, but it was this moment where he knew something had to change, or he was going to lose his wife, he was going to lose his family. And so he just had this realization that he had to find a way to be more positive. And so John set out to study ways to be more positive. And he got into all this research and he's learning things. And, and one of the things he learned is that you can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. Did you guys know that? Your mind literally can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. And so he's studying all of this stuff about gratitude and about ways to be positive. And he's realizing, like, if I would just be thankful, I wouldn't be as stressed. And so he started to take these walks of gratitude. He called them thank you walks. And he would just walk around his neighborhood and he would, um, he would just say all the things he was thankful for. But as he took these thank you walks day after day after day, something strange started to happen. And he found himself not just saying what he was thankful for, he found himself starting to pray. And it was weird. He, he just started praying, and, and he couldn't figure it out because he wasn't a Christian. He didn't grow up going to church. He had no religion, so to speak of, but just as he had begun starting to say things that he was thankful for, he found himself praying prayers of thanks while he was taking these walks. Well, one day, one of his friends um, gave him some copies of, uh, of messages by Erwin McManus. And one of those messages was a message called, Why I Follow Jesus. And John did the most positive thing he had ever done in his life, and he invited Jesus into his life. And today, John is a pretty well-known guy, John Gordon. He, he even consults these NFL teams and Fortune 500 companies and leaders around the world, um, all about gratitude. But, it, but what was the moment of transformation for John? It wasn't just walking around saying what he was grateful for. The moment of transformation was when he began to answer this question, thankful to whom? And his gratitude began to turn into thanks to God. Uh, Chick and I have said it over the past few weeks that the word gratitude comes from a root word that just means grace. Grace. And as I'm at the Thanksgiving table this year, and as I'm sharing things in my own life that I'm grateful for, whether it's, um, you know, my family and my wife, my children, whether it's getting to be here in Pennsylvania, getting to um, 
be a part of this church family. And as I'm sharing all these things I'm thankful for, I, I begin to think about how, man, life owes me nothing. You ever think about that? Really, life owes me nothing. And yet here I have experienced this incredible grace in my life. And maybe this year will be the year where you start to realize, I get to live this life. I get to enjoy these blessings. How did I come to enjoy all this? I get to be a dad. I get to be a mom. I get to have grandchildren. I get to do what I love every day. How is it that I get to do all this? Wouldn't it be awesome this year to simply thank the one who made all of that possible, to personally return thanks to the God who's given us so much grace. And you guys, that is the beginning of praise. That's the beginning of thanksgiving. That's the beginning of understanding our relationship with God. See, it starts by looking at our lives and saying, I deserve nothing. God has been incredibly gracious to me. I get to do this. I get to live every day. It's grace. And it's having a moment in your life where you begin to understand the grace that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. See, Noah trusted God. And God saved Noah from the depth of his sin. And the Bible tells us that God loves us so much. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for your sins. He rose in victory. He is crowned today with glory and honor. And he will save you today, not by what you do, not by your performance, but simply by trusting in him. The Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. It is grace. It is a gift. You simply receive it and say, thank you, Jesus. It's a free gift of God for every one of us today. And so today we come with lives full of grace. And really the Christian life is just about turning our gratitude into prayers of thanks. I got to tell you guys, I've been doing this gratitude challenge. I don't know if any of you have been doing this. We talked about um, a couple of weeks ago, um, through this series, just taking time every day to remember three things we're grateful for and then to return that to God in thanks. And, and I've been doing that every day. I'm thinking of three things I'm grateful for and then I'm thanking God for those things. And, and it, it's got to tell you, it's changing my prayer life. I don't know about you, but before, I spent a lot of time asking God and not a lot of time thanking God in my prayer life. But this gratitude challenge has flipped my prayer life. It really is amazing. Now, prayer is less of asking God for all the things I want, and it's more of thanking God for all the things he's given me. It's incredible. It's amazing. Um, that's what we get to do. As Christians, we get to keep turning that gratitude into prayers of thanks to God. And that's what I want to do. As I celebrate Thanksgiving this year, as I say those things I'm thankful for, I want to turn that thanks into praise to God. It really is a game changer. So we want to wrap up today 
And we're actually going to take a moment to say thank you to God. And, and it's something we do here called communion. Communion is an opportunity to say thank you to Jesus. In fact, um, 1 Corinthians 10, 16, Paul calls the cup of communion the cup of thanksgiving. And the Greek word there for thanksgiving is eucharisto. Any of you come from a tradition where, you, where this meal is called the Eucharist? Or are you familiar with that language of communion being called the Eucharist? That's where we get it from. It comes from the word that means thanksgiving. This is our thanksgiving meal, where we get to say thank you for the greatest gift we've ever received. And it's the free gift of salvation that we have in Jesus and the amazing sacrifice that he made for every one of us. So we're going to take communion as we close today. Communion is a meal that Jesus shared with his disciples. So um, if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, or maybe um, we've got some young kids in the room, this is just a great time to observe and to take in this moment. If you're here today and you are going to be participating in communion, or those of you online want to grab uh, the elements that are with you, those of us here in, in person, we have these fancy communion cups and just want to take a look at that. One side has the juice, the other side has the bread, and there's a little tear-off on both sides. So um, just hold tight, hold that communion in your hand for now. We want to prepare our hearts, and we're going to pray, and then I want to give you time on your own or with your family to have a moment of saying thank you to Jesus. So we're not going to take this all together. We're going to take it on our own. Andrew's going to lead us in a song, just play a little bit in the background. and So that'll be our, our communion time. But before we do that, let's just take a minute, prepare our hearts. Let's remember the Thanksgiving story, okay? See, Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it. And he said to his disciples, he said, take, eat. This is my body that I've given for you. And in the same way, Jesus took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood. New covenant just means new relationship. There's a new relationship sealed in my blood, the shedding of my blood for the forgiveness of your sins. And every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do this in remembrance of me. Every time you do this, it's an opportunity to say, thank you, Jesus for giving your life for me so that I can live this life for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this life that we get to enjoy. Thank you for breath. Thank you for loved ones. Thank you for friendship. Thank you for 
provision for home and shelter and the abundance that we get to experience every single day. But most of all, Jesus, we're thankful for the free gift of salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. And today we remember that you demonstrated your love for us by laying down your life on a cross for our sins. So thank you for doing that, God. Thank you for paying the price that we deserved so that we could live our lives completely for you. So thank you for the joy of salvation. Thank you for the joy of living our lives with hearts full of gratitude. And I pray that for this week, as we celebrate Thanksgiving, help us to remember who we are giving thanks to. We say thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.